Before I was your pastor here at Faith Westwood, I already knew about this church. I had a number of friends who had been pastors here. Uh, and so I kind of knew about where this church was. I knew some things about it. Uh, I had a good friend of mine who grew up in this church and knew him a long time before I came here. And I had not planned on leaving my church in Lincoln when the bishop called and told me that I was needed at Faith Westwood. But when I heard that it was this church, I thought, okay, I have to consider it because I know a little bit about the character of this church and the life of this church and what God has done in this church. Uh, this was the only church that I, in our entire conference that I could see myself going to. Sometimes I describe Faith Westwood as a medium-sized church in a big city with a small-town feel. I don't know if that rings true with any of you. Uh, but there's a lot more to this church than that, and uh, so I've got a question I want you to think about. Let's put it up here on the screen. If I were to tell someone, if you were to tell someone about Faith Westwood, what would you say? And I've got a, a few friends here that are going to help me uh, answer that question. Uh, we have Shane and Jess Campana and uh, Pam Hossel. Um, and so, I'm, you know, before this morning, I had no idea what they were going to say. I've, I've heard from Shane and Pam already, and Jess I haven't heard from, so it'll be brand new with, from her. But anyway, just I'll hand the mic over, and, and uh, if you were to tell someone about Faith Westwood, what would you say? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Um, so I guess... One of the first things I think about when I think about this church is that it's, it's really like a second home to me, um, the people. Um, it's, just, it's just home. Um, when I started going here about, I don't know, 12 years ago, first person I met was Donna, and uh, she was just so, I mean, it's like we knew each other for years. She was so open, so friendly, and I get that feeling from basically everyone around here. Um, I would also just say that... Um, Faith Westwood is a place you can be yourself. You don't have to act like something else that you're not. You can be yourself. People will accept you. Um, goes back to the family. And I guess the last thing I'd like to say, one of the things I really like about um, church here is when we do communion, you say you don't have to be a member of this church or any church. And I think that's just indicative of the kind of person Jesus is. Um, and I love that. So. Okay. Thanks. Jess. All right. So I was to tell somebody about Faith Westwood, I would tell them that if they're ready to be challenged in their discipleship and really own that, they should come here. I was fully prepared to sit here every Sunday and watch Shane in church and listen to the message, and kind of that was going to be all my involvement. But I was asked to be a part of student ministry as a leader. I was asked to be part of the prayer teams, and I was asked to do communion, and all of those things I never would have done if I wasn't invited by all the great people here, so... Thanks. Pam. Well, the first time I came into this church, everyone was so friendly, warm, and welcoming, and it's been like that ever since, and I've been here nine years, and it's just a genuine, consistent friendliness here, and just makes everybody feel such a part. But Pastor Steve, your messages on Sunday, I can always take your message with me for, that will take me through the week 
and that I will, that helps me to grow in my faith too. So I thank you for that. Thank you. Um, and you know, I want to thank all three of you. You know, I've been, it's just, there's a little connection I try to make with everybody, but with you all, uh, Shane and Jess, I got to do your wedding. How long has it been now? Yeah, do you agree about that? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Almost eight years. Okay. And then, you know, Elliot, I had baptism here for him. And, and Pam, you know, I got to know your parents first. And uh, they would always sit right over here. And, and uh, your dad's passed away now. Your mom's health is such she's not able to come to worship with this. But at first, you would just come with them sometimes. And then uh, later on, you made this your home church. And so... Um, anyway, thank you for sharing with us. Now, uh, I'll let you all go, and now I'm going to turn the question back to you. Um, and I'm going to ask you to, in just a minute, huddle up into groups of three or four, and, and I've revised the question just slightly. If you were to tell someone about Faith West, Westwood, what's one thing you would say? Because we could be here all day if you went, kept going. So, uh, so anyway, find groups of uh, three or four. Now, uh, if you don't want to share... Or if you don't have anything, just feel free to listen. That's just fine. And as you get your huddle together, glance around. If you see somebody that's alone, make sure you wave them to, and, and invite them to come and to your, be with your group with you. So, now, as usual, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes, so you better keep it rolling, all right? Starting now. Sounds like uh, you, you have some really good uh, conversation and exchanges there. Uh, anyway, I thought I would take some time also to tell you a little bit about what I, how I see this church. Um, and I can tell you that Faith Westwood is a community church. And by that I mean that, it, this, that you're here not just to serve yourselves, but to serve the community. You know, in, my, in all my years of being a pastor in, in the churches that I have served, there's a question that I heard early on that sort of still kind of sticks with me and haunts me at times. And the question is, if this church were to suddenly vanish or close its doors, who, besides those who worship here, would miss it? Who would miss it if you didn't go here? And you know, for a lot of churches, I don't think they'd score very well with that question. But I can tell you that my guess is that there are a lot of people in this community who would miss Faith Westwood. Uh, if Faith Westwood suddenly closed its doors, people would say, I miss this church. I miss the church where I took my kids to preschool and daycare. I miss the church where we got, a couple times we got groceries for Thanksgiving. I miss the church where I went to scouts. I miss the church where I took my kids to trunk or treat. I miss the church where I came to grief share. I miss the church where, that, that made the sleeping mat that I sleep on every night. I miss the church that, that made the prayer blanket that my coworker brought me when I was sick. I miss the church that kept our neighborhood park looking so good. And that's just eight things out of a much longer list that I came up with of ways that I think people here would miss this church if it were gone. At Central Middle School next door, uh, they have a little room there called the Zone. And uh, one of our members, Danita Mosman, used to run the zone uh, before she retired this last year. And a couple years ago, she, she kind of walked me through it and showed me everything in it. And uh, it's a little shop where, where students can get things that they need but without money. Uh, 
maybe a coat, a pair of jeans, a winter hat, personal hygiene items. And just recently I've learned that Central has asked if we at Faith Westwood would do a drive sometime this winter to help them restock the zone. Why did they ask us? Because they knew that we would be there for them. This is what, and this is what we believe Jesus tells us to do. This is a community church. And I can tell you that this is a caring church. And I see it happening every Sunday. As I, as I see you reconnect with each other out in the foyer and the Fellowship Hall and everywhere else. Loving each other, reaching out to each other, listening to each other. The Apostle Paul reminds us to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And it happens here all the time. You know, in my faith group, we take uh, some time at the beginning of, of every session to just catch up with each other and answer the question, how are you doing? And so we kind of, we got to share not just super superficial stuff we've got to share what's going on inside of me each one of us and where else do you find for a small group of guys that take time to do that and when one of our group members was in the hospital for you know most of the summer uh, a few of us a uh, few times we we had our group meeting right there in the hospital room around his bed and I think all of our groups have stories like that or they will soon if they've just if they're new groups. Last Monday, 18 of you went to a, a special session of grief share called "Surviving the Holidays," and most who came had lost a loved one in the last year. And I heard from one person who said how much it meant to her. It's part of our caring ministries, and we do it because that's who we are. This is a caring church, and I can tell you that this is a praying church. Every time, I don't know if you knew this, but every time our church council meets, and our, our church council is like our governing board, every time we meet, the most important thing we do happens after we adjourn the meeting. Right, Greg? Close the meeting, we get out of our seats, go around, off to the side, grab hands with each other, and we pray for this church. And we do the same thing uh, it, with our personnel committees called the Staff Parish Relations Committee. We do the same thing. We get up, we join together in a circle, we pray. Every Sunday, um, we receive two or three dozen prayer requests and, and all of them from those cards that you just tur turned in. And uh, they, they are sent off to uh, people on our prayer chain who said, yeah, I'll pray for these people. And, and they go to our staff meetings, and we pray for them. And if you want, every Sunday, go back uh, to that, do that rack, that, those shelves of the, all the, the prayer blankets and those gift bags, and there's a little box where you can find last week's prayer requests. And you can take those home, and you can pray for them. Um, last, and, I, and I hope you know that every time you write out a prayer request, that is a prayer. Maybe you never thought of it like that. But just in the fact that you're writing it, putting it in, it is a prayer. Last week, we uh, received a prayer request, what some, one of you wrote down, from a high school boy praying for one of his teachers. How cool is that? 
Nearly every Sunday, uh, we take time in worship like we did today to spend some time in prayer, and people can go to the prayer teams and seek prayer. Every month, we have this service of hope and healing where we lift our prayers to God. And if you want, you can light a candle for someone you're praying for. Come up to a prayer team if you want, and, and, and they'll lift their, your concern of those persons in prayer. And that's because this is a praying church. And I can tell you that this is a discipleship church. Kind of uh, relates to what Jess was saying a little bit ago. And by that, I mean that we are all about following Jesus. This church wants to help you um, become Jesus' deep, daring, daily disciple. And you know, that's what happens at midweek in our student ministry. And you heard Donna talk about how they had this three-week series on grief. Such, such a great practical but personal thing to, to go through. Um, and they did it all from this viewpoint of being a fo- having faith and being a follower of Jesus. You know, our, our small group uh, leaders in children's ministry, you know, one of the great things about doing that is that, you know, you get to hear these kids and what they say and, uh, and what they pray. And, and, and they're learning about Jesus, and they have all these, these wonderful questions. And right now, they are learning about Jesus through these songs that they're singing, getting ready for their Christmas pageant. We have 30 faith groups. Like I, I might have done something with my mic there. We have 30 faith groups for adults, and they are all about helping us uh, live as deep, daring, daily disciples. You know, I find that being in a faith group is a lot of fun. We talk, we eat together sometimes, uh, we share friendship, but we also do this other thing. We open the Bible. We, we can talk about it. We talk about matters of faith. And you know, we find that this is a safe place. There are not many places in the world that are this safe where you can talk about any of it. You can ask any question you want to. And we do it because this is a discipleship church. At Faith Westwood, we also like to think of ourselves as a team. Uh, we are Jesus' team, one of his many teams. And today is our opportunity for us to say, I'm going to give for the team. I'm gonna, you can count on me for this team. So what will we give? What will we sacrifice for the team? So let's open our Bibles to... Uh, Uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're going to look at chapter 4. And if you wondered why we read this, did we read the same scripture last Sunday as this Sunday? The answer is yes. Same verses, last two weeks in a row, but today we're focusing on a different verse, verse 18. Uh, And by the way, Philippians is my favorite of all the New Testament letters. And so if you ever wonder, why does Steve preach from Philippians so much? Well, now you know. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible at home, let's fix that right now, okay, or after worship. You can head uh, across the foyer to the Connection Center next to the elevator, and you'll see a little rack with some Bibles. You don't have to sign before you drive. <laughs> just, just grab a Bible and take it with you, and, and you might even say, oh, t- maybe today I'll read that letter Steve was talking about to the Philippians, Okay. Now, the background for this verse is that Paul is in jail. He's probably in Rome. And the sisters and brothers in Philippi have 
collected money uh, and sent it to him so that, you know, for example, he'll be able to eat and also have a, maybe a warm coat to put on him at night when it gets cold. Uh, maybe to also buy some paper and ink so he can continue to write his letters, whatever, whatever his needs are. And then in the first sentence of uh, verse 18, he tells them that what they gave him has been great. It's been plenty. He says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Now Paul says his needs are few, he's content, and he trusts, God's to meet, trusts God to meet his needs, and now God has done that through their gifts. But it's the second half of this verse that I really want us to focus on today. Follow with me. They, that is their gifts, are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. And say the last three words with me, will you? These gifts are pleasing God. They are pleasing to God. You know, all of a sudden, as I was preparing for this message, those words just kind of leaped out at me. God is pleased. You make God smile. This is pleasing to God. Now, the language that, that Paul is using here comes from the Old Testament sacrifices. And, and even in Jesus' day, you know, they made, put all these sacrifices on the altar next to the temple. And, and one of the kinds of offerings was a burnt offering. And that meant you put the meat or the, the grain on, on the altar fires and just let it burn it all up. So it was all consumed and nothing left but ash. And it was a way of sort of giving it all to God. Giving thanks to God. It was an acceptable sacrifice. It was in, in the Old Testament terms, pleasing to God. And Paul uses that language and that, that, that picture as a metaphor to describe the gift from his Philippian friends. Their giving is, is like the fragrance of faith that is wafting up to God. And God loves it when we step out on faith. The letter to the Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I think the flip side is also true. Living by faith is how we please God. Uh, in another letter, Paul says, We walk by faith and not by sight. We make it our goal to please Him. So here's the big idea for today. I hope you'll write it down. There's a place in your bulletin to do that. Take it home. Talk about it with your family. Talk about it with your faith group. Here it is. When I give out of faith, I know God is pleased. Will you say it with me? When I give out of faith, I know God is pleased. Did you know this? Your giving out of faith is pleasing to God. God's saying, way to go. You make me smile. And today, we're going to step out on faith and, and uh, we're going to make, as Paul says, an acceptable sacrifice and you're going to know that God is pleased. Let your giving be a way of telling God you trust him. Let your giving be a way of telling God you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When I give out of faith, I know God is pleased. 
you know, there's also, I think, a certain feeling that you get when you give out of faith. And it becomes pleasing to you, too. It feels good to give out of faith. Today, many of us are prepared to, uh, you know, turn in our giving sign-up, you know, card for 2020 for the ministry fund. And uh, during our closing song, you know, we'll all come forward and you can bring yours to the basket. Uh, and there's a basket in front of each of the sets of, of seats and drop yours in. If you didn't get a card, I know we have some at the ends of each of the pews. So if you need to, just kind of pass them down so if somebody needs one, they can get it and then you can just leave it the pile at the other end. But... Um, and, and I also want to make sure, if, you got, if you're turning in the card that you got in the mail, please add your name to it. As you know, maybe you heard that, that somehow in the, before the printing that the, the line for the name got dropped off. So, I know we got a couple in last week and uh, without names, and Rich Anderson has to figure out who it came from. I don't know how he's going to do that. So, um, now... Uh, I also encourage you that when you come forward uh, to bring your card, uh, maybe in the envelope or without, however it works, don't just send one person from your family to do it. I mean, you can if you want, but I would I really love to see it when all of your household who's here with you today comes together. Just kind of like, okay, this represents all of us. And we're going we're gonna to do this together as, as our step of faith. And just so you know, not everybody's going to come forward today. And there can be very good reasons for that. For example, some of you turned yours in last week. Or you mailed it in. Or you filled it out online. So it's already done. No need to come forward. And some of you say, hey, I, I'm just sort of, I'm not really sure where I am in my faith. I'm still kind of figuring stuff out. I don't know how, what my relationship is with this church. The last thing we want you to do is to feel like there's any pressure about this. It's, it's probably not appropriate for you to you know say I'm ready to commit my giving so just relax you know don't worry about it <clears throat> and then uh, finally some of you are still <coughs> pardon me putting your budget together what does a budget look like that says you love God and you say Steve I, I, I procrastinated on it or I didn't get it finished I need another week I said great take it take another week but for those of you who are committed to, to the Faith Westwood team, I want you to know it is so important that we hear from you. This team uh, faces some unique challenges as we get, go into 2020. We have had, I don't know if you know this, but we've had a few people leave this church after the fallout of United Methodist General Conference back in February. And it's going to be a challenge for us to make up for that loss. But I trust, I trust that God will give us all we need. God will provide for us as, long as we trust him by faith. <coughs> and I want you to know, pardon me, that we are not going to finish our ministry plan for 2020 until early December. So we're, that's why it's important for us to hear from you this month. And that will make the difference in what we can do and what we have to leave out. 
Um, and I want you to be confident of this, that your giving will make a difference. Every person is going to make a difference. And some of you say, well, mine won't make a difference. I don't have much income. I can't give very much. You know what Jesus said about the, the lady with the two pennies? <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> What you give does matter. And I think that when people who have less give, give sacrificially. <coughs> it, it raises the level of faith for all this entire church. You inspire the rest of us. <coughs> Pardon me. I want to tell you a little story. Something that happened to me a couple Friday nights ago, I went to bed, <clears throat> and in the middle of the night, I, um, <clears throat> hang on, I got a cough drop here. We'll see if this helps. Anyway, went to bed, middle of the night, woke up. Didn't fall asleep right away. So I sat up in bed for a little bit. I'm just going to pray for a while. And um, I, I, I sat up for about 20 minutes, prayed, and then I thought, you know, I think I could fall asleep now again. So I lay back down as I was pulling the covers back over me. I, some words came into my mind from what I like to call the inner voice. And I think God speaks to us sometimes that way. It doesn't happen to me very often, but whenever it happens, these words are addressed to me, not from me, you know? And, and it's kind of like I didn't expect it, and I usually, whoa, I learned something. And the inner voice said, Do not fear. Proclaim the word boldly. I am working in the world and in this church and in you. And I laid there and I just kind of kept letting those words kind of wash over me and I would, I would repeat them in my mind and, and just kind of lay there. And was so, I was so encouraged by that. Like God is saying, go for it. I'm here, I'm in it. Keep going. Do not fear. Proclaim the word boldly. I am working in the world and in this church, and in you. And I hope that those words are encouraging to you as well. Because God is working in the world, and in this church, and in you. Let's pray. <clears throat> oh Lord God, we want to be followers of you, Jesus. We want to keep going where you send us. We want to be your people, the light of the world, um, disciples who are walking and, and bringing life wherever we go. And Lord, thank you for planting us here in this, in this community, caring, discipling church, praying church. Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing here, what you're up to. And Lord, we're going to take a step of faith today in our giving and help us to know that 
that uh, you are pleased, that, that your smile is upon us. And um, that we can just uh, experience that, that pleasure ourselves of giving and being pleased. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.